Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for saying thanks to me and thanks for It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today, we have an amazing discussion in the hard seltzer world, which, as you guys know, as related to food and beverage, is just blowing up right now. And today, we're going to talk about how you can get lit. I mean, not really get lit, but like how you can get lit the hard seltzer. And on the podcast today is my new friend, Michelle Mayera. Michelle, it's so great having you on the podcast. My pleasure. Dude, it is so great having you on, and I'm just so excited that you're here, and I can't wait to even unpack your background and this company and uh, and dive into LIT. I mean, L-Y-T-T, for those that are listening. Um, this is going to be such a cool conversation, and I, I'm just so excited about this space because it's just on fire right now. So, man, let's just talk about this first. Talk about your background and how you even got into the entrepreneurship space. Yeah, well, I'm pretty much an entrepreneur at heart. I mean... I think the last job I had, I was 18 year old, uh, 18 years old, delivering pizzas for Domino's, and I just, uh, y- you know what I mean? A typical entrepreneur, like severe ADHD, college dropout, just have a real hard time with authority and you know just following instructions and repetitiveness and all that. So I've always been a hustler, always been a mover and a shaker. Um, so my my first beverage venture was actually. Um, an energy drink called Rage, and how did I get into that? I mean, it's just just one thing led to another. I was kind of hustling with a buddy of mine, doing like just general goods, like Gillette razor blades and stuff like that, sure. selling to little um, cash and carry companies, uh, just like local, like kind of mini Costco type deals. And um, one of our clients asked us for. Red Bull, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I can, I, I can get Red Bull, and just went online and <laughs> found I found a, a supplier um, for for Thai Red Bull from Thailand, and I and I imported, and the container got stuck at customs because Red Bull <laughs> oh, no. ended up suing us. Yeah, they they ended up suing us for trademark infringement because the supplier was just a whole legal issue and oh then uh, we yeah we ended up having to kind of settle with them and promise that we'd never do it again but i was still able to sell that container and then the, the customer was asking us for more energy drinks and i'm like dude i'm never i'm never going through this again so <laughs> right, to make our uh, own <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah so that's what i decided to say i had to, to just work on my own brand i'm like i, I can just come up with my own brand and not have to deal with with you know other people accusing me of using their trademark i'll just trademark my own name so i decided to come up with this brand called rage it was called rage liquid energy right i saw that um, performance energy drink right and that segment was new at the time back before 2005 is something when you started that out every week almost i would say so it was highly competitive and i i you know i've always been about having the most points of differentiation so the formula that i actually formulated was was uh it was like a high potency like a pre-workout type energy drink with zero sugar and creatine and all that so that was like i said like 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 you said in 2005 and uh that segment is now huge with bang energy and rain and 
adrenaline yeah shock. adrenaline shock yeah. yep. exactly c4 all those so i'm i was pretty much a decade ahead of my time and um <laughs> the, the, the the brand did well honestly yeah i mean it, it it was fun it was a lot of fun um i have to ask but you, it was also a big hmm? I, I gotta ask you on that so how did you it's one thing to import product and, and resell it, but how did you go from? Yeah, I, I want to. I think I could do this myself to actually making product. I mean, like it's that's there's the formulation, there's the packaging, and all that. But you you didn't know how to do that. So, like, how did you figure that out? You know what? Um, the formulation. I just kind of like started working on myself, and um, you know, just the, just just like researching ingredients. Um, I was working with a, a flavor supplier that was, um, helping us with the flavor, but the actual formula in terms of functional active ingredients, that's just, um, just doing a lot of research and uh, a lot of research, a lot of trial and error, and just kind of going with what I thought would be, um, you know, obviously there's the dosage for each individual ingredient, but then there's like the interaction or synergistic right. effect when that you get together. when you combine. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really, you know, like I, I wanted something high potency, but I didn't want to go all out. And, um, you know, I, I mean, just like any, you know, first time entrepreneur, I can't say that I was, that I knew exactly what I was doing. Right. I thought <laughs> I <laughs> making your way. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to reach out. I'm not afraid to call, you know, suppliers and vendors and co-packers and, and raw material and, you know, raw package, um, uh, packaging material, uh, vendors and just, just say, Hey, you know, the, you know, like, like, how does this work? Like, how do I order this? And how do I get this? And how do I, how do I make this happen? And, and, you know, people are always uh, willing to help and, it just kind of happened really quickly. Um, uh, we made a, a fairly large production at the time. It was just one flavor, and uh, I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> Which flavor? They, Inferno. <laughs> no, it was it was actually a flavor that was custom made just for us. It was like a Ooh. fantasy fruit flavor. It was it was very unique. Yeah, yeah. It was because at the time, you know, it was like Monster and Red Bull. Like they didn't re they didn't really have flavors. So it was just like more of like a unique energy drink flavor. Right. And um, I'll never forget when the, um, when the freight company delivered everything to the warehouse that I was working with. And, you know, I see all these pallets getting unloaded and I had a panic attack. I'm like, how the hell am I going to sell all this? Like, what the hell did I just do? Sure. Uh, <laughs> like, what the hell did I just get myself into? And I just had no idea. I just got in my car and I, I had a buddy of mine who was like this, um, um, you know, like workout buff type bodybuilder. And he's like, Hey, I'm at the gym. Why don't you, why don't you come see me? I'm like, dude, I'm I, like, I'm getting anxiety right now. <laughs> I meet up with him at the gym and <laughs> we got it into that gym and that gym ended up being our best customer. And, and so we got into that gym and then I just, one thing led to, led to another, I just started selling it. And three months later, warehouse calls me and they're like, dude, can you like stop selling orders, stop sending over orders because you're, you're out of stock. I mean, you're all sold out. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. it. Exactly. So, um, I really couldn't believe it. And, uh, and so it just kind of took off from there, but you know, the timing was good. The product was good. Timing is huge also. And, um, me getting into hard seltzers now, I think it's very, 
very reminiscent of how the energy drink totally. space used to be when I got it. Yeah. Totally. Like dude. we're seeing everyone. Yeah. When, when celebrities start to get into it and, and everyone who has a brand tries to like spin it off into a hard seltzer. So that's really, I, I remember like the clothing companies were doing it, the energy drinks, the, every celebrity, Everybody. all the clothing brands. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And that's so, kind of like what's happening now. It's, I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And we've we've talked about this category on previous episodes uh, briefly. And I mean, the hard seltzer space mm-hmm. is blowing up right now. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I'll fast forward. I know you had another um, startup called Bugsy Brewing. And then, but I want to get to Lit. And it's L-Y-T-T for those that are listening. And the website is getlit.today. I mean, oh my God, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk about get the idea. Today. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, how did, how did you have this idea and why the hard seltzer space? Like what made you decide I'm going to go do this? So, you know what? I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually from Canada. So I was doing the energy drinks mostly in Canada. And, um, I really wanted to get into the alcohol space because, um, just for a lot of reasons, because of how regulated it is, it's just, I feel I, it's just a much more, uh, protected regulated space yeah. and the, yeah. And the relationship with distributors is governed by the state liquor boards. So, um, it's just, I, I, I feel like it's just a more, um, organized business. And so, you know, when I was living in Canada, which I think a lot of people think that it's, uh, a polite or, 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 um, you know, really friendly version of the U S uh, it's not. I mean, Canada is actually a highly, highly socialist country where the government controls everything from uh, liquor to, I mean, the, the government actually runs the whole liquor industry, casino industry, uh, marijuana. <clears throat> you know, they own the airlines, they own the TV stations, radio. It's just ridiculous. So sure. I decided to move to the U.S. and get into the alcohol space. That was really my end goal was to get into the alcohol space in the U.S. So, um, I moved to Las Vegas in 2014 and I decided to, um, get into the alcohol business, which I had already been working on actually on the side, like kind of like easing into it as of since 2012. And, um, my, so the, the, the first line that I launched was a flavored malt beverage. This is probably, this is before hard seltzers. Yeah, it was, it was a flavored malt beverage. So and and I'm still I still have it now. I mean I'm I'm still selling it right now. It's 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 called Lit as well. It's a flavored malt beverage, big twenty four ounce can. Easiest way to describe it, I would say it's like a modernized four loco, uh, big twenty four ounce can. You know, fourteen fifteen percent alcohol from malt, uh, but but it is zero sugar. And um, that kind of uh, got my foot in the door uh, with a lot of major distributors. That's what I think um, where I think I really understood that. Um, that I was able to sell, that I was able to get into major distributors. And, you know, with the flavored malt beverage, it's definitely been a really, really good learning experience. The product, you know, it's, it's, it has its following for sure. No doubt. And um, f- from there, I've been kind of monitoring the hard seltzer space and really resisting and, you know, trying. I, you know, at first I thought it was a fad maybe, and then right. um, I decided to, to, um, only enter the space if I could come up with something that's really, really different, really original. Otherwise, 
there's just way too many Me Too brands. Sure. Well, actually, that's a great segue. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting was the that your beverage brand is made with guarana. Guarana is that the way the right way to say yeah. it? Yeah. And um, flavors: Moroccan mint, raspberry black tea, peach black tea. But talk about what makes this different than other hard seltzers. Well, exactly. So. Um, my goal with this hard seltzer was, was to have the brand with the most points of, the, of, of differentiation. So the biggest point of differentiation, like you mentioned, is Garana, which uh, is actually, uh, it's actually a flavor enhancer and it actually works really well with um, fermented alcohol. So it helps cover up the, yeah, the, there's, there's tannins in there that give uh, the drink what's called astringency, which is basically uh, this dryness that helps with the the notes from the from the fermented alcohol, but guarana is of course also a natural stimulant. It's also a natural source of <clears throat> caffeine. I guess you could say natural caffeine. Some people call it guaranine. It's actually caffeine uh, that's coated in um, that's coated in the oily tannins from the seeds. So it's actually like a slower release caffeine. So it's a it, it actually does provide a really nice a really nice, pleasant effect, uh, not like a jittery, um, you know, kind of, uh, stimulant, stimulant effect. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, um, that's been, uh, really interesting to formulate the lit heart seltzer with Garana, but there's a lot of other points of differentiation. The alcohol blend is something that I believe no one else is doing. If you look at all the heart seltzers, they're using alcohol from fermented sugar right. or some are using just alcohol. Yeah. No, go for, yeah, go ahead, please, yeah, yeah. Or some, some brands are using malt alcohol. And so um, what I'm using is actually a blend of alcohol from fermented sugar mixed with organic cane distilled alcohol. Um, and that would technically make it a spirit. It would have to be kind of like sold as a, as a vodka based seltzer, but because of the proportion in which I'm using uh, this blend of alcohol, it still passes as a, as a quote-unquote beer so got it yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool i was reading um on the brands as you were saying that most of the companies in the space are and the products are made by running a rudimentary filtration system on cheap malt liquor and then drowning the beverage in artificial flavors and high fructose corn syrup Ugh, yuck mm-hmm. um and that you guys took this different approach with reverse osmosis filtered malt adding guarana and then and that gives it the flavor no sugar added so um very very cool how did you figure that out though like how did you know that was gonna I mean, did you have someone helping you with solving the kind of the mix issue you know what i mean um you know what i've i've been doing this for a long time with the flavored malt beverages i really became accustomed to um what's called what's called the ttb the alcohol tobacco tax and trade bureau so they approve formulas and like that whole process of getting flavors approved and getting formulas approved i just became very very um familiar with the rules and, and the laws and the loopholes and the system. And, um, I, yeah, and, and that's the experience that I gained with the, with the, with, with the lit flavor and malt beverages. And again, I, I really resisted the hard seltzer space and I, and, and, and I really wanted to make sure I had something that was completely original from every angle, from the alcohol to the ingredients, to the taste, to the flavors. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how I came up with it. I just, I just knew that if part of the alcohol, uh, was distilled, that the taste would be a lot more crisp and um yeah so um but to be honest with you um it was kind of we 
we kind of got lucky because uh, when you use some distilled alcohol like that, a lot of times they don't like it and they, they might classify it as a vodka or as a spirit. Got it. Um, but yeah, and, and that's when we get into kind of proprietary stuff. So it was, it was a combination of, of know-how and luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was, what was your first step in like really getting rolling um, in terms of, you, you know, you had this idea, you had the ideas on mix. Like, how did you go from that knowing the business with your background and whatnot to getting production started, getting those initial cans made and whatnot? Um, well, actually, I've actually been working with a co-packer for my lit flavored malt beverages since 2016. So, um, the relationship was already there and, um, yeah. So with, with the whole hard seltzer craze right now, there's, and, and also with COVID with all of the craft breweries, you know, you know, like all their whole keg business was shut down and now they're moving to cans. There's a, a big can shortage. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. So thankfully, you know, I mean, 15 years in the business and, uh, good relationships, good connections. Um, yeah, we, I was just able to make it happen. I, I actually don't purchase, if I were to purchase the cans directly myself, I'd, I'd probably run into some major, major delays, but the cans are being purchased through uh, a much larger group that already God, has, that has quantity. Uh, yeah. The count yeah. set up. Yeah, exactly. What was the first out of the box like flavor? Did you did you decide to go with all of these flavors at the same time um, to get started, or did you go with one to start with and then and get the market rolling? What did that look like? Well, um, you know what? To answer this question, I would say uh, an entrepreneurial brand is uh, really an extension of the founder, an extension of the founder's <laughs> true. And energy, right? No doubt. You know what I mean? I and, love um, <laughs> the cans are amazing. I love the design. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah, and the, well, the, the cans are colorful because I have ADHD, and if, if, <laughs> if I did a white can hard seltzer, I'd just fall boring. asleep looking at it. So boring. Um, yeah. And so there's probably a lot less R&D that goes into entrepreneurial brands. It, it's really <laughs> right. your gut. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you, you know what I mean? So, um, so that, what I'm trying to say is the, the product has to be authentic to the founder or the founding team. And I decided to go with flavors that, that I like because I, I've been doing this for so long right. and you know, you can have a flavor like, like mango white claw and just all the heart cells is going after the mango right. and the, the black me cherry. Too. Me too. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah. what happens when you, when you do your market research. I mean, the best selling non-alcoholic tea, I believe is, uh, the raspberry tea from, uh, pure leaf. And, uh, but, but again, see what happens is, um, I, I just don't, I just don't believe in taking that angle when it's, when it's a startup brand. So, I'm actually launching a Moroccan mint tea, which is a flavor that I personally like oh, a lot. Very cool. And um, yeah, I see that picture. You there. mentioned the raspberry tea. Yep. Yeah, the Moroccan mint tea is the first flavor launching in February. That's that's really that's being released in February. Awesome. And uh, that'll be the first flavor in a six pack. And uh, you mentioned the raspberry tea and the peach tea. And in the meantime, we found out that. Those two flavors are going to be in the White Claw and Truly Tea Variety Packs that are coming out in March. Ah, interesting. And I just thought about it, yeah. And, uh, you know, my raspberry black tea, my peach black tea, it's all, they're all developed. They're all ready to go. And I thought about it. I'm like, do I really want to have 
two flavors that are identical to the market leaders. And uh, that's when I decided to uh, do a last minute switch. And I said, I, you know, going back to what I originally said is, is I, I, decided to go with flavors that I personally like. You know, the raspberry tea that was based on, like I said, pure leaf and the peach, like those are based on market trends. And I'm like, hey, I, I, I don't I don't want to compete that way. I mean, and, uh, entrepreneurial brands don't have the, the resources to right. compete That's with right. large corporations. Yep. So I said, okay, let me just go with what I like, what I like to drink. So it'll be the Moroccan mint tea. And then in um, April or May, we have a exotic pack exotic mix pack coming Ooh. out which will contain two cans of yuzu green tea and two cans of lychee green tea wow yeah very cool so what's the key to so, uh, getting we're going to full exotic i love it i think that's cool i love that you're being different um what's the key to getting to market with a new brand and, and getting either shelf space or or access to retail or e-commerce like what does that look like okay well um, the answer to that question is very different for alcoholic and non-alcoholic, but for alcoholic brands, the key is distribution. I mean, at the end of the day for alcoholic brands, the way the laws work and the way the, the way alcoholic beverages are distributed to the consumer, it's, it's, a, it's all distribution. Sure. And that's where, um, the relationships, relationships that I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You have legacy relationships, right? Well, yeah, and I have relationships from the lit flavored malt beverages. Got it. Um, where, yeah, because it's under the same brand, it's lit. The state franchises are, are already set up. The contracts are are, are already in place. Um, I'm already set up as a supplier with a lot of major distributors. So I typically sell, like most of my distributors are either Budweiser or Miller Coors franchises. So sure. they really... Um, have a lot of control over the shelf space for these types of drinks. Um, and that's really what it boils down to is distribution and the way to get distribution. Obviously you have to get the distributors excited about the brand. Um, and, 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 and you need, you also need chain authorizations. That's really what's going to get a Absolutely. distributor Absolutely. really motivated. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's tough. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Um, but you guys are also doing a good job of, of, of your social, right. And your marketing to build the brand. Mm-hmm. How important is that with an upstart yeah. brand like yours? Well, I think it's, I think it's the main angle. I think, I think it's pretty much all the new brands that I see. I think social media is, is pretty much their only, um, their only means of marketing. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely important to sure. have content out there every single day. Uh, what's really worked for us is TikTok, actually. TikTok with <laughs> really? the whole. Wow. Well, yeah, because they have an algorithm where, like, kind of any video from anyone could go. I mean, you can have zero followers and go viral. So they kind of give everyone a chance. Um, you know, we got we sent a package to one TikToker, and um, you know, I don't know, it cost me seventeen dollars to send to to send her that package. And from that video, that one video, we got 1.4 million views. It went viral oh on TikTok. <laughs> That's crazy. That is really How cool. do you get 1.4 million views with, for $17? No, there's not, an, there's not a social media agency out there that'll cut no. you that deal. So <laughs> no, <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, before we go, I'd love for you to share. You've 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 started a couple of companies now in this space. Share with our audience and our entrepreneurs like two or three biggest lessons learned for you um, as you've been an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in this space. 
Biggest lessons, um, go with your gut. Make sure the product is not so much a product that is designed to succeed on paper, but a product that you feel good about, that you feel good selling, that you feel good at putting your energy behind. And that's, you know, that's a product that's really, um, really an, an extension of you and your, and your energy. And then things will kind of happen on their own. Um, obviously never give up because I mean, there's, there's, there's bad news every day, but if you look at the big picture, um, the good news really outweighs the bad news. So it's, it's all about tenacity and perseverance and, and, um, instinct and intuition and really like self-reliance. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. I think I, a, a lot of entrepreneurs um, find it extremely tough, but it's, I don't know, for me, it's a, it's a challenge. That's, I love it. And I uh, just love the kind of the, the, the way that you've built these companies and the way you've put your energy into it. It's pretty cool. Share with our audience where they can find you, how they can find the brand um, and, and, and learn more about Lit. Well, the website, getlit.today, G-E-T-L-Y-T-T dot today. We're on Instagram at getlit and um, lit hard seltzer. So the Moroccan mint tea flavor, guarana infused, zero sugar, 100 calories. That'll be out in February. So uh, on the website, we're going to have a product locator really soon. And, you know, if you start to follow us on on Instagram and check our website around February. You'll be able to find some locations that sell it. Well, Michelle, it's been great having you on the podcast and love the brand. Can't wait to have you back on down the road to see where you guys are. And uh, man, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.